now, America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. Another great week, in fact. It is the week of the State of the Union Address. And I'm sure that everybody out there has been waiting breathlessly to hear what the president is going to say. Is he going to do a little victory dance over shooting down that uh, uh, surveillance balloon, the espionage balloon, the spy balloon? Can't say balloon often enough. Or was it really only an innocent weather balloon? And even if it was an innocent weather balloon, wasn't it? Uh, appalling that Joe Biden didn't shoot it down sooner. There's all kinds of controversy about the um, balloon gate issue. We will get to that. Undoubtedly, that's one of the things that the president is going to have to address in addition to the good economic numbers that he probably will emphasize. But uh, not all the numbers are good. There's a new Gallup poll on the eve of the State of the Union, and it says uh, Americans are still glum about the State of the Union in most areas. What are the two areas where people are encouraged and they think things are going well in the country? We will give you the answer to that. Maybe protecting us from uh, <laughs> 14th century technology but and and that's by the way apparently this is something where the Chinese were way ahead they um, they were using balloons for surveillance according to most historical sources in the 1300s and that's a long time before uh, there, there were experimental uses of balloons to reconnoiter during the Civil War during the American Civil War and even before that in Europe uh, with the French who were pioneers of the balloon technology. Uh, with all of that, we, uh, we will get to, uh, is Max Boot right, the columnist, that the reaction to the balloon gate was an overreaction? If uh, you don't think it was, uh, you can uh, give us a call, 1-800-955-1776. There's more about the fate of American conservatism and uh, where we are going and whether or not, in fact, and we spoke about it last week, the Republican Party is going to be changing its identity from being the party of business to the party of the working man. Is that a good change? Is it a change that will help win control of the U.S. Senate? maintain control of the U.S. House, and maybe even win the presidency. And concerning winning the presidency, the uh, most powerful source of campaign funding for the Republican Party and for conservatives in general has come from the Koch network. They are now saying, not announcing that they are going to be endorsing one candidate or another for president, but uh, they issued a statement indicating their strong feeling that it was important that America turn the page, that we go to a, a new spirit for conservatism, widely interpreted as a rejection of uh, what is going on with Donald Trump in his third campaign for the presidency. 
the um, uh, view of President Trump on the balloon was very strong, very clear. He said, shoot it down with an exclamation point. That's what happened on Saturday. Apparently, the reason, the official reason that was given for delaying shooting down the balloon, which had been apparently wandering back and forth in U.S. airspace and bobbing happily along uh, since uh, for eight days. So why did it take us uh, for eight days to have the satisfaction that bystanders experienced in Myrtle Beach, uh, South Carolina? That's, of course, the site of a major air base right nearby. And uh, the dialogue of ordinary citizens watching this big white blob getting blown out of the sky, this uh, is uh, what it sounded like. Listen, clip two. Here we go. force right there buddy uh this is not a parody this is a real reaction uh what if they had missed how could they have missed the balloon i'm not sure you need it i think it was f-22s they sent up there it was pretty advanced aircraft but this uh, thing doesn't move quickly it doesn't have evasive action it doesn't fire back uh it's a it's a balloon. <laughs> and uh, what what exactly was uh, uh, the danger here? The danger, of course, is that uh, it was being used for espionage. One of the reasons that they wanted to wait until it was over water to shoot it down. And it was over a fairly shallow part of the Atlantic Ocean off the coast of Carolina. And... They uh, they wanted to wait until it was in that award, not only to avoid any casualties or any damage to people on the ground, but uh, also to increase their chances of picking up some of the debris and maybe getting a, a little bit more insight in what the uh, Chinese were actually uh, actually trying to do and what their operation was all about. Uh, there are two different columns by terrific conservatives. And um, one of them is uh, by Jim Garrity at National Review. He writes, Chinese spy balloon downed, but what took Biden so long? And then uh, there is Max Boot, a syndicated columnist for the Washington Post and the Los Angeles Times, and he writes under the headline, the hysteria over China's spy balloon is dangerous and unwarranted. He, he begins his piece by saying, so the battle of the balloon is over. And not surprisingly, America won. On Saturday, one of the most advanced U.S. weapons system, systems, an F-22 Raptor, shot down one of China's most primitive surveillance systems, a balloon that had been traversing the United States during the previous week. The whole incident leaves me feeling unsettled and alarmed. Oh, I'm not worried about the spy balloon. The violation of U.S. airspace was unacceptable, writes Max Boot. But it did not pose any actual threat, and it's doubtful that it gathered any intelligence that...
my satellites cannot. What concerns me is the hysterical overreaction on the part of so many Americans to the balloon's progress. What is it that Biden was supposed to have done? Asks uh, Max Boot. Should he have personally climbed into an F-22 cockpit and led the attack on the balloon like the president played by Bill Pullman in Independence Day? Uh, Should he have launched a nuclear strike against China in retaliation? Republicans didn't have any clear alternatives, but that did not stop their hyperventilating. Senator Marco Rubio, Republican Florida, argued that China sent the balloon to show that the United States is a once great superpower that's hollowed out. It's in decline. Uh, The reaction was so overwrought that Biden felt compelled to postpone Secretary of State Antony Blinken's trip to China. That's too bad, writes Max Boot, because the frenzy over the spy balloon underlines the need to establish better lines of communication with Beijing to prevent U.S.-China tensions from spiraling out of control. There's one interesting point in particular that he makes here about the timing of this, along with the statement by General Minahan, who was predicting war with China by 2025. Actually, there's questions about that. We will get to that and more on the eve of the State of the Union right here on The Medved Show. The Michael Medved Show. Cultural Crusader. At where this is going. All across America. This is the Michael Medved Show. And on the Michael Medved Show, uh, how are the media building up the uh, State of the Union address? What's remarkable to me is I must have read 10 different sources uh, on what to expect from the President of the United States doing his constitutional duty by giving a report on the State of the Union which is a in the Constitution. It's one of the things the president has to do, and he's going to be doing it tomorrow night. And virtually every source, including very liberal sources like the Washington Post and the New York Times, uh, all include notes in there about how people close to Biden are nervous about him stumbling. And saying things that he didn't mean and wasn't supposed to say and basically showing his age. The reason that it's so surprising is because it's so consistent. It's not just conservative sources. It's liberal sources. I think the whole idea is people setting up a low bar. So as long as Joe gets up there and he doesn't drool and he doesn't say something really dangerous or or completely wacko, uh, people say, oh, yeah, yeah, presidential, he did it, aced it, fine. Uh, he he wasn't so great when he spoke for the first time about the downing of the balloon, which, remember, was shot down on Saturday. I mean, uh, we, we had some Sabbath guests who had been listening to the media, and they came in, and uh, they told the rest of us who were living in sort of the code of 
cone of silence that's part of Sabbath observance, uh, hadn't heard what happened with the balloon. And, yeah, the balloon is down. And uh, it, it, there wasn't, uh, like, runaway celebration. But uh, here is why people worry about Joe Biden tomorrow night. Here's Biden on the downing of the balloon, clip six. On Wednesday, when I was briefed on the balloon, I ordered the Pentagon to shoot it down on Wednesday as soon as possible. They decided, outside of doing damage to anyone on, on the ground. They decided that the best time to do that was to got over water outside within our within 12-mile limit. They successfully took it down, and I want to compliment our aviators who did it, and we'll have more to report on this uh, a little later. Thank you. Mr. President, what did you say about China? China? What's the message to China? You were saying the recommendation from your, was from your national security. I told them to shoot it down. On oh, Wednesday. On Wednesday. But the recommendation They said to me, let's wait till the safest place to do it. Okay. Uh, look, I understand that, but doesn't it kind of make the president look bad as I ordered them to shoot it down on Wednesday and they shot it down on Saturday? And uh, this is not one of those things... Years from now, when Joe Biden is retired, uh, and many, many people assume, I think rightly, that he will be most likely retired by 2025, just a couple of years from now. But even if it's a later retirement and he serves as president until he's 86, does anyone really believe that uh, this is one of those magical moments of his presidency shooting down the uh, Chinese spy balloon that uh, he will want to immortalize that uh, it is is so important to uh, to stress and to remember uh, Max Boot makes the point and Max Boot by the way has written terrific books about American foreign policy and the American military and a really indispensable book about America's small wars, some of which weren't small at all, but the wars that people forget about, like the war in the Philippines where we lost, uh, and this is not World War II, it was right after America took control of the Philippines, after the Spanish-American War in 1898. And uh, the war in the Philippines, we lost 4,000 people. It was a fairly big war. In any event, uh, speaking of war, uh, the balloon mania, writes Max Boot, comes only a few days after Air Force General Michael A. Minahan, head of the Air Mobility Command, sent out a memo to his subordinates predicting war with China within two years. I hope I am wrong, he wrote, but my gut tells me we will fight in 2025. Sounding like one of the unhinged generals in Stanley Kubrick's Cold War satire, Dr. Strangelove, General Minahan advised his airmen who operate and maintain cargo aircraft to fire a clip into a seven-meter target and aim for the head. Uh, is that what happened to the balloon? Um, Minahan and everyone else who thinks that war is imminent, uh, the, uh, this is Max Boot again, needs to get a grip. Uh, CIA Director William J. Burns said last week that Chinese leader Xi Jinping has ordered his military to be ready to invade Taiwan by 2027. 
But that does not mean he's decided to conduct an invasion in 2027 or any other year. Indeed, Burns noted, Russia's bungled invasion of Ukraine might give Xi pause before launching a risky attack of his own. War with China can and should be avoided, but we make it more likely by assuming it's inevitable or by giving vent to exaggerated fears about Chinese power. The kind of anti-Chinese paranoia we are now seeing reminds me, Max Boot writes, of the early days of the Cold War. Back then, there was also a sense that the United States was losing a global struggle with the communists and that World War III might be nigh. What he's talking about was specifically the uh, Kennedy administration. When John Kennedy was running for president against Richard Nixon, the sitting vice president, he uh, attacked Nixon and the very popular President Eisenhower because they had allowed a missile gap to grow up where... Russia had more and better and bigger and more formidable missiles. Well, we now know there's no historian who thinks that had any substance to it at all. The United States had tremendous nuclear superiority, which is why we were able to come out of the Cuban Missile Crisis, actually getting Russia to dismantle their missiles in Cuba. Yes, and I know that in compensation or to balance that, we had to move some Jupiter missiles that we had stationed in Turkey. Uh, Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, spoke uh, very directly about why he was postponing his trip to Beijing. Uh, we will get to that and to uh, other talk about the prospects of war with China. Is, um, is Boot actually responsible in terms of saying that, uh, no, that a war with China is not inevitable and it is not imminent. Uh, but then we'll be speaking first about another war that might be more imminent, an Israeli attack on a drone factory in Iran. What does it say about the prospects of wider, bigger war involving America and America's interests? We'll talk about that and more coming up on the Medvedev. I don't know exactly who. And on the Michael Medved show in the same uh, moment of time when Americans are coming to terms with the uh, late uh, collapsed deflated balloon attack on the United States. It was actually apparently a work of intelligence, a work of espionage. But uh, there's also the country coming to terms a little bit more with something that happened several days ago in uh, Iran. And nobody better to talk to about it than Michael Rubin, who's a senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, where he specializes in Iran, Turkey, and the broader Middle East. He is a former Pentagon official. Dr. Rubin has uh, also lived in post-revolution Iran, Yemen, and both pre- and post-war Iraq. Um, Michael, it's great to talk to you again. Uh, there's talk today about a deal between Iran and Russia to manufacture Iranian drones on Russian soil. 
Do you think that's related to this story that uh, you have written about and that we need to come to terms with of Israel actually blowing up or doing significant damage to another Iranian drone factory? Uh, what's uh, going on? Well, yes and no, Michael. On one hand, what you have with the Israeli alleged Israeli strike on the drone factory in Isfahan is a clear sign that the Israelis are um, going after these drone factories. At the same time, they're showing they can do it with impunity, which is a signal to Iran's nuclear work. It's easier to go or it's safer to go after a drone factory than it is to go after uh, a nuclear plant where you might have the problems of radiation spreading. But when it comes to whether the question of whether this attack is related to Iran's outreach towards Russia, the answer is probably not exactly simply because part and parcel of Iran's strategy has been not only exporting drones, but exporting the ability to manufacture them. We saw this in Syria. We've seen this in Lebanon with um, Lebanese Hezbollah. And most recently, Iran had built a drone factory in Tajikistan as well, one of the former uh, Soviet states. So building one in Russia is simply par for the course. And from an Iranian perspective, they also believe that gives them plausible deniability should any of their clients use those drones for ill. Now, apparently uh, there was some applause from Ukraine when Israel hit the previous drone factory in, in Iran. Uh, why, why would Iran in particular be supporting Russia in its invasion of Ukraine? Well, this is, I mean, largely just mercantilistic, and it's also uh, predicated on this revisionism, this hatred for the post-World War II liberal order. Most Iranians don't particularly care for Russia. They're deeply suspicious of it. And when it comes to the Ukraine-Russia war, ordinary Iranians on the ground actively sympathize with the Ukrainians. Iranian diplomats have told me this because ordinary Ukrainians, ordinary Iranians look at Russia's invasion of Ukraine through the lens of their own experience with Saddam Hussein's Iraq invasion of Iran. They, ordinary Iranians, realize the world ignored them and they don't want the same thing to happen to Ukraine. That said, the two governments are dictatorships and they don't care what their people think. And Iran-Russia relations have actually never been this warm in more than 500 years. But if I could just give you a theory, Michael, as to what I think is going on, you've got an issue where Iran's air force is more than 40 years old. Russia builds airplanes. So by selling Russia these drones, Perhaps Iran is entering into a quid pro quo with Russia's military industry so the trade goes both ways and Iran can get their hands on some of those really modern Sukhoi fighter jets, the Sukhoi 35s, rather than rely on F-14s, which are even retired in the United States uh, and predate the Islamic Republic. Meanwhile, there's a question of uh, blaming uh, all of this on the Netanyahu government, the new government in Israel, which the American media never tire of saying, oh, the most right-wing government in Israel's history. It, there's reason to believe, isn't there, that even previously under Prime Minister Yair Lapid, that this is the kind of military mission that Israel would have been considering. You know, you put your finger right on it. 
because too often American commentators will, will mirror image our own political debates on Israel. Now, Israel might have some really active debates with regard to some social issues, with regard to some religious issues. But whether you're on the left or right, there's consensus when it comes to Iran. So this isn't about Netanyahu. This is about Israel. Yeah, and it's it's certainly one of those things where uh, it, it appears to have been the first stage of this very effective. The, the question would be, there with the plan to build an Iranian factory manufacturing drones that Russia can use in re Ukraine, that they would be building that on Russian soil? Would that be to put it out of reach of any Israeli attack? The Israelis wouldn't attack a... Uh, a factory on Russian soil, would they? No, that's that's certainly part of what the um, Iranians are are doing. At the same time, remember the Iranians have multiple drone factories in multiple countries. Again, it gives them as security as you say. It also gives them plausible deniability, uh, and it also makes the drones quicker to deliver. Uh, the question I would have, an open question, is why isn't the Biden administration building weapons factories inside Ukraine rather than having the Ukrainians uh, beg every time they need more artillery, mortars, or rockets? Why aren't they building, why aren't we helping them build factories themselves that can also um, last long beyond when this war is over as we cement our defense partnership one way or another with Ukraine? That's a great question. What would uh, what would Secretary Blinken, for instance, say in answer to it? Why aren't we building any defense resources in Ukraine to support? You know, ally? I asked some I asked some defense experts this, Michael. And what I got was a lot of godly gook saying, "Well, we have to determine where we are um, in terms of NATO, in terms of other alliances after this war is over. It's complicated. Think of the railroad gauge differences and so forth. All of that, to me, seems to not see the forest through the trees. Whether or not Ukraine joins NATO, I'm not sure it will. It can still have a partnership. While Europe is now arming Ukraine, there's no reason why Ukrainian factories couldn't help backfill what they've spent in Europe in the future. And I, I've been on the tra train from Mongolia to China, uh, from Ulaanbaatar to Beijing, and different rail gauges as you cross the border, and it took less than an hour to switch the cars on the train. So, I, I mean, it seems like we're identifying obstacles where none need exist. Do you agree with uh, Tom Friedman over at the New York Times who predicts that the second year of the war in Ukraine is going to be more scary, um, more potentially costly than the first year? I, I think that's a fair assessment because it's clear that what Vladimir Putin now is doing is invoking Stalingrad. He believes that he can win a war of attrition. He has a much larger army than Ukraine, even if the Ukrainians have the fighting spirit. Uh, he believes that he can wear down the West. It's open question whether we allow that to be. That said, while we may not want to go into an open-ended conflict, of course, we also need to have a real discussion, a real debate about what it would mean if Russia wins this conflict, not only for Ukraine, but for the rest of Europe and the post-World War II liberal order. Boy, is that important. And I certainly hope President Biden, when he speaks to the nation and the State of the Union tomorrow night, will actually make precisely the point that you just made. Michael Rubin, a senior fellow at American Enterprise Institute. You can read some of his latest commentary. It is posted uh, right at our website at michaelmedved.com. 
We will be back with more about dangers and opportunities facing America on the eve of the State of the Union Address. Coming up on The Medved Show. The greatest show on God's green earth. This is not just intolerable, it's grotesque. It's The Michael Medved Show. Medved show, uh, the um, a great uh, national nightmare, our long national nightmare is over in terms of the uh, Chinese uh, spy balloon. And uh, of course, what uh, goes without necessarily being mentioned, it seems to me, is that no one was on board this spy craft. I mean, even though they say it had a payload that it had a lower construction that was the size of two buses at least, some say three buses. It was a, 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 a quite a bit of equipment there that is now splashing around in the uh, Atlantic Ocean. Uh, off the coast of South Carolina, there are Navy SEALs now who have been deployed to try to retrieve all of the debris left over from the explosion. And there's also some lasting damage, apparently, in terms of America's relationship with China. Antony Blinken, the Secretary of State, was supposed to head over to China for meetings in Beijing to try to help repair relations or improve relations between the two most powerful nations in the world. And... Those two nations are the United States and China right now. I mean, Russia is not close in terms of the size of the economy, the size and efficacy of the military, any of it. In any event, here is uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken on why he has postponed the visit to Beijing. In my call today with Director Wang Yi, I made clear that the presence of this surveillance balloon in U.S. airspace is a clear violation of U.S. sovereignty, and international law, that it's an irresponsible act, and that the PRC's decision to take this action on the eve of my planned visit is detrimental to the substantive discussions that we were prepared to have. Okay, uh, can they can they put together a uh, another meeting now that this uh, incident is behind us? The Chinese have given a response. Uh, the headline. From National Review, uh, China accuses U.S. of overreaction in shooting down suspected spy balloon. Well, come on, over overreaction? Uh, what do you think the chances are if there were an uh, American spy balloon? First of all, I don't think we we use spy balloons, and uh, there there's some uh, information now that remember the spacecraft that crashed at Roswell, New Mexico in 1947? Apparently, that was a spy balloon. But that was also at 73 years ago. I mean, this was... <laughs> I, I, this is... If this is cutting-edge Chinese technology, 
And especially what the Chinese were saying in their statement is uh, China strongly disapproves of and protests against the U.S. attack on a civilian unmanned airship by force. The number of, of sources that believe that it was a civilian unmanned aircraft uh, is, is zero. I mean, outside of China and the world of the CRP, Chinese uh, uh, Republic um, of the uh, Chinese Communist Party, that uh, is just not widely believed at all. The uh, Chinese Foreign Ministry, however, issued that statement of disapproval on Sunday after the, uh, the balloon went down. The U.S.'s use of force is a clear overreaction and a serious violation of international practice. Well, yes, because it's generally the idea of spy balloons floating over your territory doesn't happen all the time. It's not a common practice, but it's interesting it's that international practice, not international law, because there is no international law involved here. The... Um, the spokesman for the Chinese uh, foreign ministry said uh, the airship is from China. It is a civilian airship used for research, mainly meteorological. A spokesman for the Chinese foreign ministry said in a statement, affected by the westerlies and with limited self-steering capability, the airship deviated far from its planned course. The Chinese side regrets the unintended entry of the airship into U.S. airspace due to force majeure. In other words, this thing was so bobbly and, and powerless, it just floated. It just happened to float up through Alaska and then uh, through parts of Canada and then uh, down into Idaho and Montana. Yeah, absolutely force majeure. The uh, U.S. said under uh, Brigadier General Pat Ryder, Pentagon Press Secretary, we know that it's a surveillance balloon. But he uh, added he would be unable to share more administration than that. Uh, some of the criticism of the Biden administration and their handling the Intelligence Committee chair, new Intelligence Committee chair, Mike Turner of Ohio, who is a very smart, capable Republican member of Congress, criticized the Biden administration's handling of the balloon. Uh, this is clip A. There was apparently two or three incidents in the previous administration as well. Well, that's what they're saying now. But I think that, that the administration needs to come forward because this is not an ability to, to um, say that this is a, a crisis that was handed to them. This is a crisis that has developed as a result of this president during his administration, allowing China to do a similar mm -hmm. act before, not responding. And then clearly in this one, not seeing the urgency of what was unfolding. I mean, the president allowed this to go across our most sensitive sites and wasn't even going to tell the American public. If you hadn't broken this story, mm -hmm. uh, the American public would not have even known. There was no attempt to notify Congress, no attempt to put uh, together the Gang of Eight. Uh, I think this administration lacks urgency. And uh, more that the administration acts, Congressman Turner continues. Do you, the Pentagon says that they were able to use some countermeasures that, that blocked or limited the ability of China to extract uh, information from this balloon. Do you buy that? No, and, I, and certainly you don't either. The, here, here's the thing that's, that's interesting. The administration says 
There was nothing for them to gain here. This was quite a risk by China, quite a calculation that they would take a balloon, put it up in China, take it across the United States where it's clearly going to be discoverable by us. They clearly had some information that they were trying to garner that they can't garner from space, so they did not have otherwise. Have you, you, I mean, what, you're you're pretty familiar with this. What is it that they think they could have gotten from a balloon, or what can be done with a balloon that can't be done with a satellite? Well, the key obviously is not just the balloon. The key is, is the payload that was attached to it, which you've reported is, you know, the size of three uh, buses. Um, That's, that's obviously huge. And it was being commanded and controlled by mainland China and delivering data and information back to mainland China. Okay, uh, again, the answer being uh, still they knew, and everybody knows, that uh, there were missile silos there in Montana, and yes, they were hovering over the missile silos for a while, and they may have wanted to get a, a better view of the missile silos. But the idea that this somehow is a disaster for national security uh, Cory Booker, senator from New Jersey, defended the administration. Listen. The president and the United States military did what they did. That is, in my opinion, very just and very uh, defensible. They saw that to blow that thing up or to take that thing down over land would cause challenges. And we know from the debris field over the ocean that it was miles long. I think I heard seven miles long. And so the president himself said, I ordered it to be taken down. The military made a thoughtful decision, and I trust the United States military. I want to make one more point about this. Uh, I, I think what is, it's problematic when uh, for, if Democrat or Republican have one standard for one president and another standard for another president. Mm-hmm. We should remember that this is now known to have happened under the Trump administration multiple times. And so to create another standard for Biden, when Trump, it seems, allowed this to go over the United States, is just... Uh, a, a bit hypocritical. Okay, but just to undercut what Senator Booker said there, the national security advisors for Trump, including John Bolton, who's very anti-Trump, and including uh, General uh, Kelly uh, and and others who are General McMaster, pardon me, who was national security advisor for President Trump, said that while they were there, Despite the fact that uh, supposedly, according to sources, there were three different incidents of during the Trump administration and one during the Obama administration, where they also had Chinese uh, spy balloons coming into U.S. territory. The national security advisors under Trump say they never heard about it. And if that had happened, they would have. Uh, There's more on this, but also talk about wandering balloons. Where is the Republican Party wandering to? The goal, the change for American conservatives in this greatest nation on God's green earth coming up.